And one of the mission statements that I've settled on is the idea of bringing a sense of joy and delight to our customers. And I think that that is something that I see reflected in when people tag us and things and and post, oh my God, my dog just got this thing from Sir Dogwin and it's amazing. And they're so happy and they reach out to say how happy they are with it. And that's amazing. Like that is that, you know, if I'm having kind of a tough day or like something isn't going well, and then someone tags me in this amazing post with their dog wearing its new cardigan, you know, like <laughs> it just, how can you not love that? Welcome to the Wear, Wag, Repeat podcast. I'm Tori Mystic. As a dog mom lifestyle expert, blogger, and business owner, I love talking to other women in the pet industry and sharing their advice with you every week. Sit, stay, and listen to the latest episode. In this episode, I'm talking to Chaz Olajide about her fashionable online dog shop, Sir Dogwood. After working in marketing and communications in the art world, Chaz decided to pursue something that allowed her to be more creative as an entrepreneur. Inspired by her dog at the time, Winston, she launched Sir Dogwood in 2016. In this conversation, we talk about how she finds unique brands to carry and how input from her diehard customer fans can impact what products end up in the shop. Chaz also shares how pandemic puppies have inspired her to write new blog content on her website. I love to ask my guests about their favorite tools, apps, and resources to run their pet industry business. I put all of their responses into a spreadsheet, and I'm sharing that list with you. Just go to wherewagrepeat.com slash guide, and you can get free access to my resource guide with over 160 recommendations from myself and the women I've interviewed on this show. You can get it for free at wherewagrepeat.com slash guide. Chaz Olajide is an entrepreneur and visual arts communications specialist with broad experience in all aspects of e-commerce, marketing, PR, social media, event management, and community relations. She is the founder and CEO of Sir Dogwood, an inclusive community for swank pups, which features a highly curated selection of quality dog wear and accessories from the freshest and most innovative designers in the U.S. and abroad. Chaz and her husband currently live in Amsterdam with their pup, Beatrix. Hey, Chaz. Hi, how are you? I'm doing really good. How are you today? doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk with you because I am like drooling over your Instagram account every day. You have (laughs) the cutest pictures and like the most, I think you have the most fashionable dog store in the world. (laughs) Wow. We definitely try. Thank you for those kind words. Um, It's it's like a little like Vogue for dogs kind of. (laughs) Right. I used to say that my goal was to be the Barneys for dog clothes, but Barneys didn't have a great year last year. So now I have to come up with a different yeah, <laughs> a yeah. different goal in mind. Well, you yeah, know what? That but... just means there's an opening in the marketplace and a whole lot of real estate available. So um, you could be exactly. the Barneys for dogs. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> 
Um, so, so tell us a little bit, maybe before we talk about Sir Dogwood, what is your, what's your background that has given you so much expertise, um, to, to start your own, your own business? Yeah, I think my, my path to starting Sir Dogwood, um, is definitely not a straight line at all. Um, I went to undergrad in Washington, DC to study, marketing and business. And I thought I was going to work in the for-profit world. Um, And so, and by that, I mean like a corporate or something like that. Um, So I graduated, I worked in Manhattan for about a year and a half and kind of had a quarter life crisis, I think, (laughs) and decided to completely change direction. Um, And so I applied to and got accepted and started studying art history. Um, So I moved to Chicago to study art history. um, And I thought, okay, I'll be in Chicago for two years, I'll get my master's, and then I'll go back to the East Coast. Um, And of course, you know, that did not happen 15 years later, I was still in Chicago. Um, But I graduated with a degree in art history and started interning for and then working with a contemporary art museum um, in Chicago and their communications team. And I ended up doing that for about seven, seven and a half years. Um, And it was probably one of the best jobs I've ever had, um, working with a lot of people, working with living artists, um, learning so much about contemporary art, um, working with all of the different departments. It was just kind of the perfect fit for me with my marketing background, and then my recent um, art history degree. So um, I remember when I first started working there thinking, I want to make myself indispensable as an intern, so they have to hire me. (laughs) I sort of came in with a plan, um, and it worked. So I did that for a while. I also worked for a contemporary um, photography museum as well in Chicago after that. Um, And then I started getting the itch. I was sort of thinking, okay, this is great, but Maybe it was time to do something new. I wanted to kind of have, at the time, it was a side hustle. um, And I wanted to do something a little bit more creative. And around that time is when my husband and I brought our first dog home, Winston. And he was amazing. He changed our lives. He was great. And I remember going online because I was ready to kind of, you know, grab anything and everything that I thought was cute for our new dog. And I remember kind of looking and looking and thinking, well, I don't necessarily want to go to big box stores. I don't necessarily kind of want to do that. I want to, you know, shop small, um, support kind of like female owned business businesses or like small businesses. And I'm looking and I'm looking and I'm like, I don't really see what I'm looking for out there. And that was one of the reasons why I decided to start Sir Dogwood. And so listening to you talk about how you like felt like you found your place, like working with all these different teams and, and with artists and creative people and marketing. Now you're an entrepreneur and you have to do everything. You don't have a team really, I don't think. Um, so, so what was that kind of transition? Do you feel like, like you just, you know, maybe matured or your, your, your just life kind of changed a little bit and now this is where you belong or do you aspire to have a team? What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I think that it was definitely something that I probably didn't think that much about before diving in. (laughs) I was just sort of like, 
you know, I did my research as far as whether or not it made sense to start this business. And so, and I talked to as many specifically female entrepreneurs that I knew in Chicago, sort of just started inviting people out to lunch and to coffee, to pick their brain, to throw all of my questions at them. So I definitely researched sort of the idea of Sir Dogwood, but I didn't really think about everything that you're talking about. Okay, now I have to be my own accountant. Now I have to be my own this. I have to be my own that. I have to learn about taxes, sales tax. Um, That stuff I didn't necessarily think as much about. Well, no, that's not the fun stuff. (laughs) Definitely not. For me, the number side is definitely not the fun part for me. So, um, but I think it's been a great opportunity for me to kind of learn different aspects of the business in a way that um, before I started Sir Dogwood, it was just marketing, marketing, kind of PR um, communications. And now I have um, personal experience kind of doing some of these other things, which I probably would not have um, gotten experience doing if I had just focused on my museum career. So that's been it's been an opportunity for me to kind of like learn and grow, which, um, as I say, I didn't go in thinking about, but, um, you know, it's always good to kind of grow your skill set, And this was a way for me to do that. Yeah. And I think it's so good to at least try doing every facet yourself so that if you do ever hire someone, you like appreciate (laughs) what they're doing because you've tried it. (laughs) Definitely. And I will say that I do have, um, one part-time staffer. So, um, and she handles all of my fulfillment and, um, shipping for the moment. Um, of course, when I first started Sir Dogwood, I did everything myself and then I was, um, luckily lucky enough to find her. And now she's handling that for me. And then I just recently, um, hired another part-time person to help out with administrative tasks. So she's my admin assistant, um, and she's starting next month and I'm so excited, but yeah, to go back to your point, I definitely have done it all. So I appreciate every single person that can help me out with anything um, because it's hard being a one woman show, you know? Um, So I appreciate my staff and um, all the help that they've given me for sure. Yeah. That's so exciting. Congrats on the, on the help. Um, So, so when you were first starting Sir Dogwood, obviously you don't have a background in, in retail um, or e-commerce. How did you figure out what products you were going to carry, um, you know, because like you said, when you went online to shop for Winston, it was kind of like sparse <laughs> as to what to pick from. So I think from the, like the, from the buyer perspective, it's also maybe hard to find the vendors who are making the cool, unique products. How did you figure that out? Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it was research. Um, I'm a big proponent of doing your homework. So I, I didn't rush into launch. I really, probably took about a year to look at um, everything that was in the market, um, brands that other stores were selling, brands that other stores weren't selling that I thought were cool, um, and just kind of trying to get the lay of the land. So that was part of it. And then I guess the other part, once I did launch, was a bit of trial and error. There are definitely brands and concepts that I launched with that I've since had to part ways with because as cool as I thought they were, for whatever reason, they didn't resonate with my audience. So, um, and I don't think there's any amount of research that can sort of help when it comes to watching things perform once once they've launched. Like sometimes you just have to kind of put them out there and see, um, you know, how they're received. Uh, I think now that Sir Dogwin's been around since 2016, I have a better sense of that. But I think in the beginning, 
there were just a few things that I had to try um, and kind of roll the dice with and see if they would work. And most of them did, a couple of them didn't. (laughs) And that's just the way it goes sometimes. So do you still stock things that are like, you just buy them because you love them? Or, you know, do you really consider if the customer is going to love it? How how do you make those decisions? Yeah, I do both. There have been one or two items that I've just said, I I just have to have them. Like, I don't even know if anybody else is going to think these are cool. Tell us. Um, (laughs) I'm trying to think of something that I found these cute little teas that had, um, like there was one that had like a poop emoji on the back. <laughs> and I just thought it was funny. I can't even remember. It had a little saying underneath. I can't even remember the saying was, is now. It might have just been poop. And it was. Just, <laughs> I just thought it was hysterical. And I got, and I was like, this probably won't sell, but I'm getting it. And it sold okay. Not great. Um, so funny that I thought of that one. That's first, okay. I, but... You can't talk to a dog mom for very long without poop coming up in the conversation. <laughs> I know. I had somebody who doesn't have a dog mention something like, oh, gross. Like somebody was, and I was like, if you want to have a dog, like if you want to be a dog mom, you cannot be grossed out by poop. <laughs> or all, a lot so. of other things. Yeah. Or a lot of other things. <laughs> this is true. So anyway, yeah, just like kind of random things will pop up and and I'll say, you know what, this is so funny or so cute or so quirky, or I haven't seen this anywhere else. So I'm just going to take a shot and see if it works. Um, but for the majority of my brands, I definitely am thinking about the audience and thinking about, okay, given my experience, given the analytics, given my sales reports, like what do I think will sell? Um, and that's really what drives my decisions. Are you enjoying this interview? If you'd like to continue talking about dogs and business with the added support of a like-minded community, get on the wait list for Wear Wag Repeat Society. This is my monthly membership program for women petpreneurs and popfluencers who are looking for accountability and support to make bark-worthy breakthroughs in their business. It's amazing what you can accomplish when you're surrounded by the right people and their dogs. <laughs> Join the waitlist now at wherewagrepeat.com society. Yeah. So, so your store has been around, you launched in 2016. And so, um, you know, since Sir Dogwood, I think, you know, it's very successful, obviously you're, you're hiring and it's growing and you're, and you're doing exciting things. I'm sure you have a lot of repeat customers. Do you have any kind of tips or techniques or strategies that you use to keep people coming back? I mean, I definitely try to keep, um, my stock as current as possible. So I'm always trying to refresh what I'm um, offering. I'm always promoting the fact that new things are coming um, to try to keep that like excitement and that sense of, um, you know, I can't, you know, I have to keep on top of Sir Dalqua to see what they might be launching next. Like that is definitely something that I keep in mind. Um, And then it's really just um, sort of a relationship. It's relationship management, I think, in a lot of ways. It's making sure that I stay on top of um, messages that might be coming through on Instagram. This morning, I had people asking me about, you know, the the piece that I posted today. When do I think it would be coming in? Um, a lot of size requests. Um, 
people will say, hey, I see that you haven't carried this from this brand. Are you thinking about carrying this brand? So I even get suggestions from from kind of my diehard customers. So um, really just keeping on top of them, making sure that I'm responding to them, making sure that they know that it's me. It's not, you know, I don't have like a customer service team of 20 people who aren't invested in what I do. Like it's literally me <laughs> just responding to them all the time. Um, and I think that for the diehard pet mom, um, they appreciate that. Like there's a reason they're coming to me and not necessarily like to target or maybe I should leave out <laughs> an actual name, but there's a reason they're coming to me and not to like a big box store. And I think that one of the things that Sir Dogwood can offer and other small businesses can offer that kind of sets us apart from those places is sort of personalized customer service. So that's, I think, another way to um, keep customers coming back as well. Yeah. It's like shopping with a friend. I mean, there's definitely boutiques that I shop at where I spend a half an hour chatting with the girl who works there because we've become friends. Um, mm-hmm. And then I shop, you know, um, so it's, it's kind of like that, but obviously you can't really talk to the dogs. <laughs> no, unfortunately, but it's so fun to talk to other dog moms and pet moms and um, to see the images that they post. And when they tag us, it just, um, you know, it's something that I've been thinking about recently because we're going through a rebrand at the moment and, one of the things that I've been thinking about is, okay, what is my mission statement? What is my vision statement? What are sort of Sir Dogwood's core values? Um, and one of the, the mission statements that I've settled on is the idea of um, bringing a sense of joy and delight to our customers. And I think that that is something that I see reflected in when people tag us and things and and post, oh my God, my dog just got this thing from Sir Dogwin and it's amazing. And they're so happy and they reach out to say how happy they are with it. Um, and that's amazing. Like that is that, you know, from having kind of a tough day or like something isn't going well. And then someone tags me in this amazing post with their dog wearing its new cardigan, you know, <laughs> like it just, how can you not love that? So um I think that's another reason, another way that we kind of, um, kind of bolster our repeat customers, um, and really kind of show them, you know, that, um, that we love them. We appreciate what they do for us. We appreciate, you know, that they keep coming back to us to give their dogs, um, and themselves like a little bit of joy and happiness. So, um, there's that too. Yeah. I think that, like outside of the dog world, I think it's a little bit undervalued how important bringing joy and delight to every day is because life is hard. And especially now in this last year, there's just so much to get through. Um, So having just like those little pops of joy makes such a difference. It can turn your day around. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm thinking about that too, for the past year and the crazier that we've all had that and the idea of, you know, pet ownership as self-care and like pet ownership as, um, it's sort of, um, you know, a health and wellness, um, thing, a health, you know, yeah. it's part of your health and wellness to, I, I think, you know, other pet owners would agree. Um, I think I would have been a lot more depressed last year if I didn't have my dog. Um, you know, Beatrix definitely <laughs> helps me kind of um, decompress and calm down. I actually have this 
that um that I have on my desk yes my dog is my therapist therapist, (laughs) and it's true you know it's very much like in a lot of ways it's not just about kind of like cute dogs and Instagram like there's also this other component of um I think dogs can bring so much and pets in general but also dogs can bring so much sort of like joy and um and like wonder and then also um sort of decompression and like de-stress us at the same time. And, um, they're amazing. So yeah, um, I know I it goes that's, way that's deeper important. than just yeah. cute dog photos. Yeah. True. 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 I totally agree. So speaking of dogs, tell us, tell us about your current dog Beatrix. How did she come into your life? So, um, in 2019, um, Unfortunately, Winston passed away. We lost him, which was awful and devastating. Um, And I took a few months to kind of take a break, kind of mourn, and then think about, I knew for 100%, I knew I was going to get another dog, but I just just wanted to take a step back and take some time. Um, And then around the holidays, I found Beatrix and um, I fell in love with her, thought she was great. I was like, this is it. <laughs> so brought her home. And yeah, it was, it's funny. Today's national puppy day. Yes. Um, and so I was on my phone looking, scrolling back to December, 2019, looking at my pictures of her when I first brought her home. Um, and it was after kind of having a sad, uh, few months there, it was so great to kind of end the year, um, on a positive note, bringing her home. So, um, you know, I thought it was going to be the gr- a great start to 2020, and then <laughs> and then we all know what happened in 2020. But trick job, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but she's fantastic. She's my muse. She's a great sport, um, and yeah, she's fantastic. She's an angel. She's sitting, actually, lying under my desk right now. Um, taking a little afternoon nap. <laughs> and so Beatrix was just a little puppy and you guys flew over to Amsterdam for what you thought was going to be a couple of months. And then couple you've been months. there for a year now or over a year. Correct. That is correct. Absolutely. How do you think she will adjust going back to life in the States? Is it, is it more dog friendly in Amsterdam? You know, Amsterdam is pretty dog friendly. Um, she has her little neighborhood friends that we see when we go on our walks. And um, uh, so she's definitely not sort of the only dog in the, in the neighborhood. Um, I think she'll be fine in the States. Um, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Well, it's it's actually kind of, it is something that I worry about a little bit because I had all of these grand plans in 2020 of, you know, socializing her and like having her go and have play dates and da 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 and you know, we had to scale all of that back a lot. So um, we'll see. We we will see. I am a little worried about that, but I think she'll she'll be great. She'll be fine. You're you're kind of unique because I think so many people got like quote unquote pandemic puppies during the pandemic because they were just like losing their minds. <laughs> but you kind of had a pandemic puppy by accident. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's, it's kind of interesting. And I was actually, I was just looking at your blog this morning. Um, and I loved, you did a blog post about how to start your dog's capsule wardrobe, which is such a good post for new dog owners and new puppy owners. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about how to start a dog capsule wardrobe? Yeah. I mean, it was something that I was seeing come up kind of in more like women's sort of 
blogs and magazines and things. And I thought, well, um, this is also something that I think is relevant for um, pet parents and puppy parents too, specifically, as you mentioned, sort of. And I've actually in real life had friends call me who have gotten um, pandemic puppies. I'm thinking it had to have been at least three or four friends um, over the course of 2019. And they either called me or reached out and they said, hey, you know, we're bringing a puppy into the family. We can't wait. Where do we start? And so um, just kind of anecdotally that happened several times throughout last year. And so I thought, you know what, let's kind of sit down and think about um, what kind of advice we can give to folks who might be thinking about, um, you know, where should, where should I start? How, how should I start? And so in the blog article, um, it sort of talks about four different things. Um, the first is, you have to have a good collar leash um, harness situation for your dog. Um, and I think when you first get your dog, depending on the size, depending on its temperament, you, um, and depending on what your vet tells you, um, it's you might not know, Do I am I going to stay with the collar and leash? Am I going to do the harness and leash situation? Um, so that's kind of something to for new pet parents to think about, to kind of try out and see what works best for their dog. Um, so I'd definitely say start there. Um, the second thing is kind of like a light layer. So something like, um, like a t-shirt, um, something that the dog can wear in, in between seasons. So spring and fall. Um, and also if your dog doesn't have a ton of hair, um, and is a smaller dog, it might get cold in air conditioned environments and things like that. Um, you want that light layer that they can easily throw on. Um, and then also kind of a, the heavier layer for winter months. Um, if you do live in, you know, a state that's a little bit cooler, you're going to want that like fleece jacket or something that you can layer on top of the light layer. Um, so that's something else that you can kind of, um, think about doing. Um, and then, um, it was a face like, mask. I remember cause I just right. looked at it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I know there's one more thing. Um, so this brand called good boy came out with these amazing matching bandana and face mask combos, which I, they're amazing. I love them. Every dog um, mom needs a matching bandana and face mask. You have to, you have to. And what says, you know, 2019, 2020 more than <laughs> matching your face mask to your dog's bandana. So um, that was my my last tip as far as like kind of a cute accessory um, during walks and, um, you know, to kind of grab, throw on and you're good to go. Yeah. So that's, well, that's kind I, of a good place to start. I love that dog, that blog, dog post, blog post, because, um, you know, it was just like, it seemed like very shareable and like, I wanted to click on it and see what you're going to say immediately. Um, and you talk about products that you sell, but it's not like, so in your face by this, um, you kind of talk like you just described like the practicality of all these, of these different items. Um, so I just thought that was really great. Um, okay. So we're kind of getting close to the end of our episode. So I want to ask you one last question, which sure. is, do you have any favorite apps or tools or resources that you just can't live without to help you run your business? I mean, well, the main tool that I use is Shopify. Um, I'm sure other guests have mentioned it too, but it's it's a lifesaver. I just, for the type of business that I have that's transactional, um, it, it the records are great. Um, I'm also somebody who doesn't have any sort of experience with like coding. I'm not a techie, a tech savvy person at all. So Shopify really saves my life in that way because um, I love pulling analytics. 
Um, their analytics are perfect for me. I love kind of being able to see the growth, see what's working, see what things people are putting into their carts. Um, so it works really, really well for me. Um, and I can't imagine using another platform for Sir Dogwood. Um, that's definitely the main one, I would say. Yeah, no, I have my my very small online shop is on Shopify too. And um, it's just so easy to use. Um, and it's cool yeah. because you can you can customize your website. Can There's so many different templates and you can have it look however you want. And it's really great. Yeah, and pretty good customer service too. So for, for those of us who... <laughs> can't code. It's perfect. Yeah. That's not one of the hats that we want to wear as an entrepreneur is being a coder. <laughs> I probably would not have started Sir Dog if I had to learn coding. Um, mm-hmm. I highly respect folks that can do that, but um, yeah, that is something that is not in my skill set. <laughs> no, we will leave that to the professionals. Exactly. Um, so Chaz, tell everyone where, where can they learn more about Sir Dogwood? Check out your shop. How can they find you online? Yeah, absolutely. They can find me at www.sirdogwood.com. And we're also on Instagram at Sir Dogwood. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much. I really appreciate your time and for sharing your story today. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. What did you like most about this episode? Find me on Instagram at teamistic and let me know what intrigued you or what questions you have about starting or growing your own dog-inspired business. You can also screenshot this episode and tag me in your stories. I love to see who is listening out there. Some of the best conversations happen after the episode, right? So track me down over on Instagram or join the Wear, Wag, Repeat Labs Facebook group to connect with other dog-obsessed entrepreneurs. And as always, you can find all the links and resources discussed in this episode at wearwagrepeat.com slash podcast. See you back here next week.